Welcome back to Growing Places, a podcast about all things economic development here in the Sioux Falls metro area, brought to you by the Sioux Metro Growth Alliance. Welcome back to Growing Places. We're here for another week. I'm your host again today, Molly Stevens, the intern here at SMGA. Today, uh, we're with the SMGA team to discuss the ins and outs of business attraction and retention. We've got SMGA president and CEO, Jesse Fonkert. What's up, intern? And one of our economic development specialists, Sheldon Jensen. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming on again today, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I think Ryan Solberg will be joining us here in just a minute, but he's like getting a haircut or something, so we're just waiting for him. Podcast wasn't important to him, I I guess guess not. Well, you know what? We work hard. We play hard. We also got to look good for all that, too. Always, always. Take care of yourself. All right, so let's start with the basics. Yeah. What is business attraction? Well, that's a great question. Business attraction is exactly what it sounds like. It's attracting businesses to the region. And uh, we have 14 communities that we work with in three counties, and they want to see more businesses come to town. Those businesses are important because they employ people. uh, They produce sales tax dollars that can go to the community. And they help uh, pay the property tax bill. That goes to the school district. It goes to the city. It goes to the county. And sometimes it goes to the rural library fund uh, along with the fire district and sometimes the water conservation fund too. So businesses help our economy and our government's function in South Dakota. So how much of our economic development work both at our organization and at state and local governments is business attraction? What do you think, Sheldon? You're new to the job. How much of it is attraction? A lot of it with business attraction is it's a, it's a chicken and an egg thing. What does that mean? It means there's a lot to do with business attraction because a business, you can't just email a company and say, hey, would you like to come to our community? Your community needs to be ready. So what does ready even mean? Ready could mean the available housing units that are a community or a business might need if they're going to bring 20, 30 jobs to an area. They need a place for those employees to reside or they need an opportunity to get those employees. So if it's workforce development or housing development, those are things that you might not think of as business attraction, but without that opportunity, you can't do business attraction because business won't be attracted to your area. Yeah. So like, for example, if we get a request from the state or from a broker for available sites for a business that wants 20 acres, that has 50 jobs attached to it, and high utility uh, needs, we can't just place it anywhere. It's got to go somewhere specific that has those things to offer. And so business attraction, a lot of it is helping the communities that we work in have the right tools in their toolbox to attract that business. Um, and sometimes they don't have the right assets. And so we have to work with those towns to improve what they have uh, to make sure there is developed land or, or a plan to develop land and infrastructure to meet those needs. But business attraction isn't just uh, big manufacturers, right? It's working with local retailers. It's working with a variety of different sectors because it takes all these things to make a community happy, healthy, and thriving. So you mentioned getting requests from state and brokers of bringing businesses to communities. How does that process work? If I'm a new business, what's my first step? The first step is to make sure you have a good business plan. And most large businesses that are looking at the state have that typically figured out. Uh, But after that sector, you come to uh, a broker 
to help find real estate. So brokers work with private companies and with private landowners to place them and negotiate deals. Uh, but sometimes the brokers don't aren't the ones always getting those contacts. Sometimes businesses will reach out to the state of South Dakota, specifically the governor's office of economic development. And they're one of our great partners here in South Dakota. They're working hard to attract jobs, retain jobs, and people to make our state uh, the best it can possibly be. And so what the state will do is they'll take the information, they'll put it in a, uh, a little community checklist, and they'll send it out across the state. And when they call that a request for information, economic development speak, we call it an RFI. So with that RFI, it tells us about the company uh, with a code name. So we, we don't usually know the company name, but we know what the industry is, what the jobs are, what the capital expenditure is, or in our term, we call it CapEx. Uh, we know maybe what the utility needs are, hopefully, because it helps with the site selection process. And then we, we take that information, and then sometimes we reach out to brokers to see what they have available. Other times we reach out to the local economic development organizations to see what they have available. Um, and often we just try to make things up as we go. So sometimes we know of a good spot that could fit the business, but it's not developed out yet. This is just a green field. And we put in an offer or a bid or a proposal or response to see if uh, we can, so to speak, uh, hook something or get a nice bite. It's kind of like fishing. We just got to keep, keep our hook down there and see if we get any nibbles. Yeah, and you can't catch a fish if you're not trying. So if you don't have your line in in the lake, you can't catch that fish and so that's kind of our job we know that not everything is always going to be right but we can't reach that unless we're trying and so that's kind of why we keep sending things from our uh, businesses yeah what's that michael scott quote yeah you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take wayne gretzky wayne gretzky <laughs> oh look who showed up haircut looks nice thanks you paid for that no comment oh i think you look good so who do we have here who's joining us right now Hi, my name is Ryan Solberg, and I'm an economic development specialist with the Sioux Metro Growth Alliance. Anyway, I'm new to this uh, to this show, uh, Growing Places. I'm really happy to be here. It's always been my dream to be on a podcast. So I'm originally from Mitchell, South Dakota, home of the world's only corn palace. Uh, very proud of where I'm from. Uh, I attended Augustana University, graduated with the class of 2020. Um, and I've been with the Sioux Metro Growth Alliance as an economic development specialist for about nine months now. Uh, working with the communities of, of Lenox and Baltic. So I'm really happy to be here and to, to comment a little bit about how we support businesses in their their search for the perfect location. Welcome, Ryan. We're glad to have you here with us. We're just talking about business attraction and the state's process with RFIs. Sure. And um, in your experience, how does how does that work in each community? It really begins with knowing your communities, knowing your member communities, knowing what sites are available, knowing what the zoning of those sites are, the size, getting an idea of price, having a relationship with the landowner, um, right? Because we're when we get these RFIs, the first thing on my mind is how do I find the best fit, right? How do I find the best fit for, for the communities that I serve? And so kind of having that already, that inventory, that mental inventory of, of what's available, I think is where it really begins for me. Yeah, and then we take that information and usually what I do to make sure it's all fair and balanced, they compile it all together and we submit it back to the prospect for review. Because we want to make sure that all of our towns have a chance to be successful in their fishing, mm-hmm. right? We, they got to make sure that hook is down. If the hook's not down, they ain't getting that fish. And uh, sometimes there's better bait than others, uh, but sometimes uh, things will just work out based on location and what else is going on in that community. So by bait, do you just mean the site that is available, or are there other types of bait that you use to draw a 
a business. To if you're referring to incentives, TV. incentives certainly. Uh, <laughs> clearly, you were yeah, by everyone's laughter. Um, yeah, incentives are definitely bait. But when we're talking about about South Dakota, right? South Dakota is a really business friendly state. No corporate income tax, no personal income tax. So the incentive is is sort of baked into the cake, as I always like to say. There's not a whole lot that we can we can give away if you're if you're already not paying into those into those taxes. Um, like you would in other states. So to to me, you know, South Dakota is, is attractive without having to give away a lot of extra incentives. That's not to say that there aren't incentives that, that we can use, but I think um, what makes these individual communities attractive is not what they can give away in terms of incentives, but it's it's um, the location, it's it's the price of the land, it's the access to, to a high-quality, hardworking labor force, um, its proximity to, to other amenities or other infrastructure, whether that's, uh, you know, interstates, uh, you know, air travel services. To me, that, that I think, is, is really the, the sweetener on top of what South Dakota already offers in terms of a business climate for our local communities, not anything that the communities can offer in terms of giveaways themselves. Yeah, and sometimes they can do like a tax abatement, which is sure. usually pretty typical. There's a there's TIF that can be eligible for certain projects. Uh, there's a sales tax rebate that can sometimes be done on machinery and equipment. Everything's on the table in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have to think that we need more barbershops probably in the state, right? We always Absolutely. need a, a chance to get a haircut. we got to look fly and sharp always. because we're getting a lot of looks from across the country. And uh, that's what we picked up the last couple of years due to the, the business-friendly nature of the policies that we put in place here in, in the, the state of great faces and great places. How does the process differ if I'm a nationwide company looking to set up shop here in South Dakota compared to a local barber shop? Like, I'm a local barber and I want to open a barber shop. We're really sticking with this barber thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we are. Wow. Um, Sheldon, it's do you want to start? for or? being late. <laughs> do, you want me to, do you want me to start or, Sheldon, do you want to go? Um, I can start a little bit, yeah. When you're looking between something that's a little smaller versus something that's large scale, it, it, I think the main difference in the beginning is who you talk to. Um, and so a, a small business might have people that they know in the area. They might have, you know, a realtor that they've worked with in the past or something, you know, to that extent. And so they have connections already, or if they don't have connections, they know somebody who knows somebody. And that's the small nature of the Sioux Metro area is, you know, we are still a small connected area where, where everybody knows everybody in, in a good way. Um, because you can get connected to somebody really quick if you if you need somebody who's new. But if you're a nationwide company, um, that's where you kind of might start with the state or with a larger commercial broker firm, um, or you have your own site selectors that kind of begin the process there as well. To me, and, and the difference between dealing with a, a small local entrepreneur per se and a, and a large multinational or large national company is that the large company typically already knows what it's looking for. Right, they know the size of the site. They know the utilities that they're going to need. They know what the loads on those utilities are going to be. They know what they need in terms of labor force. They know what they're going to be paying for wages. They have all this information. Um, the small local entrepreneur, and maybe they're already an established business. They typically um, just don't quite know what they're looking for. They don't know how big the site's going to be. They don't know about you know if they have to have the rezoning. They don't. They're not really familiar with how that process works. Um, so for me, it's it's sort of the difference in kind of a knowledge gap between the two. Um, and on top of that, I think the large national company 
is going to come with a, a suite of consultants or, or resources that they're going to rely on in the process, not just us at the Sioux Metro being kind of their guide to these communities, but they're probably working with a site selector and they're working with an architect and they're working with an engineer. For a small business, we might have to point them in the right direction, right? Like here's a here's a small business incubator or here's a resource that you can go talk to about, you know, does your business plan cash flow or here's someone you can talk to from the utility company to, to talk about, you know, what your utility needs are going to be. So I think uh, at least in my experience, those small businesses, I think, are, are are fun because you get to be a lot more hands-on with those owners because they just need that little bit of extra guidance um, than than a large company. Yes, yeah, that's spot on. Everything, every product's a little bit different. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach to everything that we do. End of the day, we're just trying to do the best we can for our towns and making them as, as competitive as we possibly can through the process, which is uh, typically good policy, uh, good planning and uh, a long-term growth strategy that we uh that we're a part of today okay so now i own my barber shop right yeah. <laughs> how do we make sure how do we as economic developers make sure that i stay in business yeah that's a great question uh and is that our job is to make you make sure you can stay in business i don't um, know is it sometimes it sometimes it, it can be and uh the process that we take is uh we call it business retention and expansion or br and e and so what we do is we meet with uh, local businesses to uh, see what's going on with them. Uh, oftentimes, the best source of business growth is your current businesses you have in your town, in your region. Um, and the last thing you want to see happen is a business fail because of something that could be preventable. So, so through that BRE process, we ask a number of questions about their their operations what the struggles are what's keeping them up at night to see if there's anything that the city can do or that we can do to help connect them uh, to solutions and so for barbershop that's on main street uh, and if the city is doing a main street reconstruction project there might be a challenge for that business to to be successful because folks can't get there so in that case we'd work with them and the city to just get the communication across that hey there's a challenge here for this small business they they, uh, they want to be successful they're trying to be successful but Due to this this project, people can't get there. What can we do to make that uh, a better fit? And cities uh, across the region are totally amenable to being helpful. Uh, they want to see businesses grow and thrive. Uh, and that's why we are a business-friendly state and region, because we know that, that small business owners are the backbone of our economy. Once they're open, I think, I think Jesse's right, that business retention expansion process is, is really important. Just to kind of hear from folks on the ground what they're facing, um, I think it's always important. And, and hopefully you can be that liaison, whether it's to the city or to a financial institution, wherever they need to get connected. Um, you know, we try to be helpful where we can. Yeah, and, and another, you know, thing that comes with retention is succession planning. And that's something that we, we kind of run into some of our communities as some of our business owners, uh, you know, are reaching an age where where they might be looking to retire. But it's hard to retire if you're the owner of the local hardware store or you're the bar owner of the local barbershop because if you retire, where are the people in your town going to get that service? Most startup businesses are going to fail. Um, one thing that I think we're really fortunate um, in working with a lot of these smaller communities is that they have a lot of established small businesses. So if you've been able to survive for you know four or five years, usually you don't need a lot of hand-holding when it comes to, to the issues that are facing your business. I mean, they can use support here and there. You know, Maybe they need a connection with uh, a financial institution or maybe they need help um, with some workforce issues. Um, but typically, if, if you've 
made it to the stage where we're doing routine business retention expansion visits, you you probably know how to problem solve yourself. Great self-reliance. Yeah, and we live in a free market economy, so people have the freedom to fail and succeed through their own merit. And sometimes uh, unforeseen factors shut down businesses, uh, like a pandemic, for example, or a bridge going down, or uh, an obstacle that might just appear. But you know, our job is is not to uh, make people successful or make them fail. Is to be there as a resource. I find that the the biggest difference between a successful small town business and an unsuccessful small town business is the owner and their willingness to continually evolve, their willingness to adapt to challenges. Really, um, it's it's kind of. I mean, we can talk about structural factors all day that a lot of these businesses are facing, but I think ownership and the 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 entrepreneurial skill, that kind of talent that the business owner has, makes a huge difference in their success or failure. Um, right? We could have. 10 different people start a restaurant in one of our small towns and maybe only one or two will succeed. And I think they'll succeed because they have the business savvy to make a restaurant go in a small town. They kind of have a, an understanding of the market. They know what it takes. They know the hours that they have to put in. And I think a, a big thing that helps a lot of these businesses in small towns um, that I've seen is, is becoming a destination, right? Because it's really easy to drive into Sioux Falls and, and go clothes shopping, go dining. Um, there's so many opportunities here or for, for retail and dining. Um, but if you can become a destination, not just to people in your own community, but to people from Sioux Falls and to people from the other small communities, something that, you know, if I'm a resident of Hartford, I'm willing to go out of my way to Brandon or to Crooks to go try out or to go to go find. I think that's something that's really, really helpful as a small business owner if you want to become that destination. Yeah, we should do a feature on all the cool like dive bars across the region and all the sweet restaurants, the towns that we serve, and the coffee shops. Yeah, because like rural restaurants and rural places uh, are the coolest to go to. Like for example, I had my, I had my wedding uh, rehearsal dinner at the Harper Steakhouse. Tell you what, you tell me another place you can get a fourteen dollar prime rib meal for sixty people, and um, I'll show you a better one at the Harper Steakhouse. I'm pretty, I'm pretty loyal to that place. It's really important, I think, for your communities to to encourage your local businesses and to attract more businesses because it's really hard to – there's a quote by uh, one of our Lincoln County Commissioners, Jim Schmidt. I'm kind of paraphrasing that. It's really hard to balance um, government on the backs of rooftops, right? So if, if you want a, a lower you know, mill levy tax rate, um, if you want to spread out the cost of, of your new water infrastructure, you really need some of those commercial businesses to help carry the load. Um, so we're always – thankful when when we get a new business coming to one of our communities that can help uh you know generate some more tax dollars that really contribute to a better quality of life for for all of our residents okay so we talked about a lot today kind of all over the place yeah kind of a lot. you want to give us a quick summary of the important bits yeah so economic development uh is about a lot of things uh business attraction retention uh is extremely important because that's when we measure success in the form of capital investment uh, capital investment is the uh, new investment into the area in the form of new buildings and equipment. We, uh, we, we are, we're a low-tax state, and the attraction process is, is uh, multifaceted. That includes land development, available buildings and structures, and as a, as a, a broad process, it includes site selectors, brokers, developers, business owners, economic development people, and municipalities. And retention is so important because you want your businesses to be able to thrive once they get there. Not all businesses are going to make it, uh, but the ones that do are done through uh, adaptability, hard work, determination, and uh, lucky market conditions sometimes. 
Does that sound about right? Sounds sounds good to me. Thank you guys so much for Thank being you. on the podcast today. Ooh. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, maybe Molly. Uh, if anybody has any good ideas for uh, for podcast subjects in the future or any businesses uh, in the rural communities that we serve, we'd love to interview these people uh, going forward. So feel free to reach out to us at uh, info at sumetro.com. Or intern or at sumetro.com. Yeah, that's a good one too. And we'll help uh, get you on the show and, and host you at some point. So we're looking for cool stories about cool local people um, that I think our listeners will really uh, take some nice lessons away from. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Growing Places. Follow us on social media at Sue Metro. Tune in next time to the next episode of Growing Places. And always leave things better than the way you found them.